am so very excited this morning. I know my staff is excited because the other day, well, I guess it's been about a month ago, the Lord started just dealing with me about something, and I, I thought, well, okay, am I supposed to tell that to the staff, or what am I supposed to do with that? And um, is it still popping? No. Tell me if it starts popping again. Um, and um, so I, I tested it out on them a little bit, and they liked it. Yeah. I, I was talking about, I just, whether you guys know it or not, but we, Keith and I, pray for you people continuously. Every morning we get up, we pray for almost every person in the church, every person's name that I know we try to call it sometimes, you know. And, and if you know what's going on in their life, you pray about that situation or you pray about this situation. And uh, the Lord just quickened something to me one morning when I was praying. I woke up, I guess it's about 3 o'clock in the morning, and uh, I was praying and just praying away. And uh, the Lord said rewards of faithfulness with you guys y'all didn't get it rewards i guess i should say it this way for faithfulness rewards for being faithful and so i started studying that out studying that out what are the rewards for being faithful what did god promise us because we are faithful so this morning, I, like I said, I told it to our staff, some of them in there the other day, and I think some of them got really stirred up about some things. And so um, I want to give it to you guys this morning. I thought I had it that day, but I spent all day yesterday. I told Keith last night when he called, I said, I said, I have studied on this all day long. I said, and it's the simplest thing, but it's so wonderful. The more I got into it, the more I, I just wanted to keep going into it. So 1 o'clock this morning, I'm still looking at it. I'm saying, yeah, 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 that's so good, so good, because it's so exciting what you guys are going to get are y'all excited to hear about it glory to god well let's stand up and pray this morning and um we'll pray and then they can go away and uh we'll get started or they can stay they're pretty good looking up there aren't they yeah especially when they get their choir robes and stuff they'll be i mean yeah looking sharp well lord we just lift up the service to you this morning and we know that it's your desire to help the people greater than my desire to help them father is your desire so we just ask you now that your anointing rest upon us to speak out the words that you would have us to say that we make things clear and concise that we don't go into areas we shouldn't but we stay exactly with what you'd have us to stay with this morning father i just ask you that your anointing be on Keith as we've already asked this morning father and that you quicken him now as he teaches this morning and that your anointing be upon him to do the job that you've called him to do to help those people there father and we'll reach the world for you father in Jesus name with your grace amen well you can be seated thank you lord thank you lord well i want to i want to start out by reading a scripture about the opposite side of what we're going to talk about this morning. Turn with me to Proverbs 19, I mean 25, 19. I'm going to have to get me a bigger podium like Miss Gloria's. This thing just won't do it. I had 12 Bibles out yesterday, I think. So, But I think you're going to enjoy it because this is for you. Like if, like if you wanted to give somebody a gift, you know, this is a gift for you today. I believe that. It's a gift for you today, for you guys' faithfulness, for you guys being here. 
So listen to it real carefully. And don't let the devil steal your thought. Don't be distracted. Don't be pulled aside by somebody getting up and going or doing anything or baby crying. Just stay hooked with it. Proverbs 25, 19 in the King James Version. Who's in the booth back there? Is it Jill? Jill's going to have to stay with me. This Devin's doing it this morning, okay? Um, stay with me because I'm going to go from translation to translation so we don't waste any time in here this morning because I got more notes than Keith. I got nine pages of notes here this morning about blessings and rewards for you, though. Glory to God. So y'all stay hooked with me so we can get through with it before 4 o'clock this afternoon. Okay? Um, Proverbs 25, 19. Confidence in an unfaithful man in a time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. That's pretty sad, isn't it? Listen to the Living Bible. It says, putting confidence... In an unreliable man, it's like chewing on a sore tooth. Some of them say loose tooth. Or trying to run or jog on a broken foot. That wouldn't be too fun, would it? I mean, I I do. I run every day, and and sometimes they'll call me, and I'll be out of breath, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. What are you still doing up? Well, I'm jogging, you know. So, uh, But I love it. I'm just the opposite from Dave. I love it. I could could do it. If you don't watch me, I'd be on my treadmill a lot because I enjoy it. It gets it. It gets your mind cleared out, you know, from everything else. So, but, but putting confidence in an unreliable man. Have you ever bit down on something and had a toothache and you just go, get, you know, for that tooth immediately. You just want it out of there immediately. Or have you ever stepped on your foot after you've sprained your ankle or something and you want the weight off of it like instantly? Well, that's the way it is if you're trying to put your trust in someone that is unfaithful. unfaithful okay but let me tell you about faithful this morning let me tell you about it it's a person that's loyal he adheres firmly and is devoted to as to a person or or place or somebody something he's truthful he's dependable he's upright he's trustworthy and he's reliable that's a faithful person say that's me now that's everybody that stood up in here this morning that's half of our church. I won't ever forget. The, we started the church out, and the first Sunday, I think we had between 500 and 600 people. And I think the next Sunday, we had a, a meeting for everybody that wanted to volunteer in any area. How many of you were here on that first meeting that we had? I bet you we had, how many? Three or 400 people stay in here that day. It was a, a, half the people that stayed in here that day. And I was just shocked and amazed because I thought, God, you are so good. I mean, he is so good. He gave us all these people. And, and that's why I have said from the get-go that I'm God's favorite. So don't, don't discredit me or say I'm not because, I mean, I'm his favorite because he sent each and every one of you people to us. And each and every one of these people that he sent to us have been faithful. I tell you what, I didn't get up this morning when I got up and was thinking about what I was going to do this morning. And I didn't get up this morning and I didn't say, okay, I wonder if... Uh, Steve got there and turned the lights and the air conditioner on. I wonder if um, they got the flowers out. I wonder if all the parking lot people are there. I wonder if the greeters are going to show up on time today. I wonder if we're going to have people to teach the children's classes today. I wonder if we're going to have people to work in the parking lot and drive the carts today. I wonder if the floors are going to be clean today. I wonder if there's going to be gum sitting on somebody's seat today. I didn't think about any of that stuff today. Not one of those things. I didn't think about none of that stuff today. I didn't think, oh, Lord, like Creech asked me the other night, he learned it, but I was going to sing it. I didn't think about that. 
I didn't think that I was going to have to come up here and sing this morning. It would have been sad, y'all. <laughs> Worse than sad. I didn't think about it. And why is that? Because we have faithful people. Faithful people. Turn with me real quickly. We won't stick on this one very long. But turn with me to Acts 6, 1, 8. Say like Friday night. Friday night we had a family from the church. The mother and several of her kids. I think they have five kids. I can't remember how many of them were in the car with her. But um, we're in an accident. And they had to be rushed to the hospital. And now this is just a few hours before the service on Friday. What if Keith and I were the only ones that could do that? Rick and Lisa were not here because they had to be at the hospital all night Friday with her having surgery. They're downstairs, I think, teaching kids this morning, but uh, they weren't here because they had to go to the hospital for us. Now, what if it would have just been Keith or I that could go? What, would, what is more important, that he stand up here and minister and teach so that we can have people to go? Or we have to say, okay, we have to cancel church tonight because we have to go to the hospital and minister to these people. Now, that would be foolish, wouldn't it? That would be unwise of us. But because we have faithful people, Dave picks up the phone and calls, and Rick and them are there, and and everything's taken care of, and we don't have to think about Friday night. Or like yesterday, Dave calls, checks on her. She's still in the hospital. They go over there. They send Nancy. She comes, get flowers. They take flowers to her. They check on her. Well, yesterday, I was preparing for today. What if I'd have had to stop preparing for today to go and check on them? Wouldn't be too good. But because we have faithful people, I don't have to think about that other than to know I've got good word people full of the Holy Ghost taking care of this for me. Look at this with me then in Acts. How many of you have recently read Acts chapter 6? Uh-oh, there's some hands that didn't get raised. I'm glad Keith wasn't here this morning. It's so important to read your Bible. I wish we could express to you the importance of just reading that chapter every day. You don't even know how good it's doing you. But uh, anyway, uh, Acts chapter 6. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring among the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of disciples unto them and said, It's not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Therefore, look out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we we may appoint over this business, but that we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Is that what's happening around here? How would you do it otherwise? If God gave that direction to them... Wouldn't, shouldn't we follow that same direction here? It's really a good thing. So what I want us to look at this morning is the rewards for faithfulness. Y'all interested in this at all? The rewards for all the time that you've seen. You may think you get up here and you do things and nobody sees what you do. You may think, well, nobody knows how hard I work on that, you know. So What? Somebody knows, and you'll see it even more before we finish in here today. I mean, we don't have people that come in here. We just don't have it. I, I, I'm just shocked and amazed with it because um, we have traveled for so many years. And I think that has been the biggest complaint of 98% of the churches that we've gone to is how do you get your people to help? You start out by helping yourself. You plant seed. You sow seed. You can't reap on things you didn't plant. 
Okay? So uh, you sow it. So we've sowed it for 20-something years. So we don't have a problem with people coming in and helping with things. But not only that, we know that it is an honor for people to serve. We don't want anybody in any position that they come back and they're, which we don't have. We do not. I, that's what I'm so grateful for this morning. I just, the more I thought about it yesterday, I just almost got excited more to dance around, you know. I mean, I, I was ready yesterday. Because we don't have whiny babies. We don't have people that come in here and say, Oh, i got to vacuum the floor today. I don't want to do that today. I've been tired. You know, my old back's hurting, you know. I don't think I can... We don't have that. We don't have people that, that are scheduled to do something and just don't show up. We don't have it. We don't have... Wayne doesn't always have to be concerned that he's going to be short 26 ushers because everybody decided they wanted to go see a car show someplace. We don't have it. I mean, we've gone into churches sometimes where half their staff is missing, half their praise and worship team is missing because something else was going on in town. We don't have that. We have got the most faithful people in the world. We don't have people that when you ask them to do something, you know, I was talking with... um, one of our ch- children the other day, and I think she's about 10, and uh, she was saying she'd listened to that last tape I did on the Ten Commandments. And we were talking about that. And I said, so you understand, it's not just okay that you do that. You have to do it and not stomp your feet and roll your eyes as you walk away. You understand that, right? And I was talking to her, and she went, oh, oh, no, you know, I- I'll do it. But, you know, we don't have people that when you ask them to do something, it's kind of like they've got a better idea, and they stomp their feet and roll their eyes and turn around and walk off. We don't have staff like that. We don't have church people like that. We don't have anybody that serves around here like that. I don't have one. We don't have people that can't work together you would just be amazed if you came in here if you've not served and you came in here and saw people working together and doing things i just get amazed when they've never met before it's almost like how they come in here to do the communion and stuff like that and i don't have to wonder when it's communion sunday is the communion done i don't even think about it because i got faithful people that's overseeing it and it's done i know it's done Yes, that's right. Say it. It's it's you. Glory to God. I mean, when you sow that kind of stuff, can you just imagine? Are you getting excited? Can you just imagine about the things that God is going to do for you because of that faithfulness? Let's get into it. I can't wait anymore. I can't wait anymore. Look at Hebrews 11.6 in the King James. Unless I say different, guys, it'll be King James. I have cheat sheets. I don't have to turn to everything. I get just a minute to think about what else I'm going to do while you're turning. <laughs> Hebrews 11.6. But, we didn't ask y'all this, and so I'll go ahead and ask it. Does anybody not have a Bible in here with you this morning? Because I want you to see these rewarder things. Guys, if you would, if you don't have a Bible, our guys have got one. We'll loan to you. And you can get back to them sometime. That way you can read all this. Because you need to see this. Devil can't keep it from you anymore. You're going to be different after you walk out of here today. You just wait and see. I'm telling you, it is so exciting. 
So very exciting. Because not only does it apply to you, it applied to me. I think that's part of the reason why I got so excited, you know, because I got looking at some of this stuff. But I really did. I got thinking about different people that have served here so faithfully that nobody knows. I was talking to the praise and worship team one time, you know, and we were talking about the fact that there's so many people here that serve and most of the church does not even know that they serve. You know, at least you get to see the praise and worship team. But there's people that are as faithful or more faithful sometimes than some of the people on the praise and worship team that you never know what they do. Like the cleaning team, you know, or, or Ellen working in the kids or, or the people working in the parking lot sometimes. I mean, you don't even know who they are sometimes. And faithful, they're not asking for a thing. Mal goes back there, you don't even know this, and makes tapes half the day on Sunday afternoon so that you can have tapes. But you don't know that because they're faithful. You never hear anything out of them. They just do their job and, and smile while they're doing it and glad to be doing it. So listen to what you get. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe that he is. But listen to this next part. And say this with me. That he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder. Now, you before we can go any further in here this morning, you have to believe that verse. Because if you don't believe that he is a rewarder, he cannot reward you. It's like your parents. They say, they say, okay, Lisa, uh, she tells one of her, Natalie, or one of her girls or something like that, um, that she's going to give her something if she does this for her. Now, is she going to believe her? She should. She's going to reward her for doing this for her. Well, she should because she knows her mother. And her mother's not going to lie to her. How much more God? He is a rewarder. Say it again. He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He will reward you for what you've done. Now, he may not come to you on Saturday and say you worked all day, all week at the church this week and hand you a paycheck on Saturday, but you're going to find out what he is doing for you real quickly here. So if you don't have paper, you may want to write these things down. I guess you can get the tape from the lending library soon. So, um, yes, all our new CDs. Yes, glory to God. Well, let's get the very first one that I thought was very important. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Kings 2.9. And i got about 500 scriptures here, so the faster we can turn, the faster we can get to the good parts. 2 Kings 2.9. Guys, y'all get it on the board quick as you can, so I may go as soon as it's on the board. 2 Kings 2.9. It says, And it came to pass, when they were gone over, that Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask... Ask what shall be done for thee before I get taken away. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit come upon me. Why was he able to ask that? He'd been faithful for year after 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 year. He'd been faithful to him. Even when he told him, you don't have to go with me to this city. He says, oh no, you're not going without me, buddy. I'm going with you. So the number one most important thing that you can get from being faithful is the anointing. The anointing. Now you may think, like Keith thought, you may think, how am I going to get the anointing? I remember the very first 
time that we traveled with Brother Hagen. I can't remember when it was. We went up to uh, um, Clinton Sarah Utterbach's church in New York. And uh, we went up there, and we're sitting there on the front row, and we're traveling with Mom and Dad. And we just, like Keith says, we're like the cat that got the canary just to be able to be there with Mom and Dad. I mean, this was really early when we first got into Tulsa and to Ramah stuff. And Dad took us with them, and he's up there, and he's about to have Keith speak that night. And so he introduces Keith and has him to stand up, and he says, Now, I personally trained Keith. He says, I personally trained him. I know what he has in him. I personally trained him. And Keith said, he didn't say anything then, but when we got in the car, he said, he, he started checking his heart. Now, Lord, how did he personally train me? I barely know him. Like, I don't know what he eats for breakfast or what he wears to bed. I don't know what time he gets up and when he eats and when he does these things. I barely know him. How did he personally train me? He said, by you sitting right there on that front row for four years in healing school while he was teaching. Every day, day in and day out. That anointing was getting on you. The anointing. You were seeing what way he was going when he said this. And you were seeing what way he was going when this happened. And you were seeing how he handled this. And you were seeing what he was doing when he did this. You were watching. And when Keith first started, the Holy Ghost told him this. And it was the funniest thing you would think. How prideful can you be? But the Holy Ghost told him this almost immediately when he started attending healing school. He said, stay hooked with him as if in the middle of his sermon, he would call you out to finish his sermon. Now, this was first year healing school, Rama. How many of you have ever been in a meeting when Brother Hagin has called Keith out? Several of you. I mean, he can be in mid-sentence. And it's like he don't want to do it anymore or something. I'm serious. It's just like, it's like, I'm done. Keith, come on up here. Finish this up for me. Mid-sentence. Now, what would have happened had he not have been faithful to do what he had called him to do? To be there to pay attention. He wouldn't have had that anointing on his life to do what he called him to do. So the anointing, the anointing is the most valuable and precious thing we have in our lives. I'd rather have the anointing like uh, uh, Smith Wigglesworth used to say. Who was it used to say that? Was it Smith? It wasn't Smith. It was um, 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 England. Um, anyway, um, Smith Wigglesworth, I think, um, used to say it. Um, he said, I'd rather have the anointing on me for five minutes than the world with a fence around it. And that's the way I am. I'd rather have the anointing on me uh, for five minutes. And the anointing means wisdom, answers to questions, solutions to problems. The anointing is knowing what to tell somebody when they just told you they're eat up with cancer. The, the, the anointing is what to tell somebody when they say my marriage is at its ends. The anointing is what to do when all your bills are sitting there on the table. What do you pay first? What do you do? Where do you give? The anointing. Not just up here to minister. The anointing is for daily life. And whatever anointing that Keith and I have, just you as faithful church members. If you're here and you're sitting in that pew and you're a faithful church member... And we have any anointing on our life and there's any anointing on the word that's being ministered to you. When a situation arises in your life, some of that anointing is going to be there for you. 
to help you solve that problem, to help you with the answer to that question. Some of that anointing will just transfer. Because you're there. So the most important thing of faithfulness, just sitting in a pew. You say, well, I hadn't had a chance to serve on a team. Well, get some of this part. Get some of this anointing part. Get some of this faithfulness part for being sitting here on a front row. You can have that part of the anointing. Y'all are not excited about about the anointing. Do you understand the anointing can answer every question that you have in your life as quickly as you can turn the light switch on? The anointing can. It can give you, I mean, it can heal your body. It can drive torment out of your mind. The anointing can. And that's what he asked for, and that's what he got because he had been faithful. You remember the rest of the story. We won't take time to read it. But he did get a double portion of that anointing. But the only reason he was able to ask for that is because he'd been faithful. So you faithful people, pull on that anointing. Say, okay, I'm there. When you leave here and you've had questions and you've had answers, you don't know what to do. Hey, Lord, I've been faithful sitting in that church. I want the answers to my questions. I want the solutions to the problems that I've been having. You can give me the anointing to minister to me now, to quicken me, to know what to do. You got it. All right, write that one down, the anointing. The second thing that we found out. Turn to Ruth 2.1. Oh, these are so exciting. I can hardly wait to get through them. You know, I'm kind of going to plow through here. Ruth 2, verse 1. I really like this book of the Bible. I've said it before. But um, if you don't know, Ruth served Naomi even when her husband died. She left. She left her family. She left her kinfolk. She left her religion. She left everything she knew, packed up, and went with Naomi. Y'all read that story lately. Yeah, okay, well, if you hadn't read it, it's just a couple of pages. Read it. It's really, really good. Anyway, she left everything to be with her. She was faithful to her. She, if you'll read it, you'll find out how faithful she was. I mean, she didn't ask for anything and gave everything that she had for her. But listen to what happened to Ruth. 2, verse 1. And Naomi had a kinsman of her husband's. And he was what? A mighty man of wealth. Some of the translations said great wealth. A mighty man of wealth. Now, does anybody know, uh, as Paul Harvey says, the rest of the story? What happened to her? She married him. She was so broke, she had to go into the fields and pick up food after the people had gleaned the field. She'd go back in there and pick up food for them to eat so that they didn't starve to death. But because of her faithfulness, the word says, she has married this man. But listen to what else happened. This is going to bless some of you. How many, no, don't raise your hand. How many of you, don't raise your hand, I'm serious, uh, in here, believing for kids, believing to have a child, listen to this. Take note of it. It said in 4.13, Ruth 4.13, the rewards of faithfulness. You have a right to claim certain things. Ruth 4.13, so Boaz took Ruth and she was his wife and he went into her and who? 
The Lord gave her conception and she did what? She bore a son. Why was she able to bear a son? Because she followed her mother-in-law and was faithful to her, married the wealthiest man in the land and was able to have a child. Now, do you think things would have just happened that way anyway? I don't believe it. I don't believe it. And the more I learned about faithfulness yesterday, it just stirred me up because, I mean, no telling how long she'd had to believe for a child. But she got a child. I remember somebody else that that was like. Look with me in Genesis 15. Believing for a child or been desiring to have one. Genesis 15. The Lord's talking to Abraham and he said, After these things the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision saying, What? Fear not, Abram. I am your shield and your what? Exceeding great reward. So Abraham says, Lord God, what will you give me? Seeing I go childless. Now how many of you don't know the rest of the story on that? How old were they? Did it look like they were ever going to have a child? Never, ever, ever. But because God is his rewarder for his faithfulness, he received a child. So we've learned two things already. You can have anointing on your life to answer every question. And you can bear fruit. You can have a child. You can claim these scriptures. Because of your faithfulness to God, you can claim, Lord, I've been faithful. And ask just like Moses goes, what are you going to do for me? Seeing I go childless. What did he do for the both of them? He said, nah, nah, that's not your reward. No, that's something that they desired. And God cares about that. When you care about his things, he cares about your things. So they both wound up with children. Number three. Turn with me to Daniel 6. Chapter, um, let's find it again. Chapter 6, verse 4. Daniel's probably stuck together in a lot of people's Bible. So just look up at the board if you have to. Then the presidents and princes sought to find an occasion against Daniel. I don't know if you know the story behind this, but this is when they were about to stick him into the lion's den. And said, um, but they could find no occasion or fault. For as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. In other words, he was very faithful to God. They couldn't find any fault in him. And it says so in verse 5. These men said, we cannot find any occasion against this man except that we find against him concerning the law of his God. In other words, he was faithful to God. Daniel was faithful to God. How many of you learned about Daniel and the lion's den when you were in the Sunday school class and three years old? What happened to Daniel in the lion's den? He lived. The mouths of the lion were shut. Do you believe if you're faithful, God can cause protection to come upon you? It doesn't matter if you get thrown into a pit of lions. What can happen to you? It doesn't matter if it sounds like a hurricane is coming across your path. 
If he can close the mouth of a lion, he can go and blow a hurricane out of the way. Protection. Because he was faithful. He could stand on the rights of protection. Because he was faithful to God. Every person that's been in here, you've heard it over and over and over and over and over again when I get up here to read testimonies. I would say 85% of those giving those testimonies are people that are serving in areas. I wish I could start, and I may start doing it some. I may start saying faithful and read the te- faithful and read this so that you understand the connection on some of this. I think that was one of the things that, that I started seeing as I was reading the testimonies. These people that are turning in these testimonies are people that have been faithful. I mean, they have been faithful to do some things. I mean, Wayne might not, uh, he may correct me when it's all said and done, but his business has doubled. At least. At least. Faithful. Faithful. How many of you have noticed your business has doubled or, or finances have doubled in your life from being faithful? Look at these hands. Everywhere all over this place. Everywhere, all over this place. Faithfulness. God will protect you just like he did Daniel if you are faithful. Now, he'll do it anyway because of his mercy and his grace, but it sure is better if you don't even have to wonder about it because you've been faithful. Right? Okay, the next thing. Proverbs 13, 17. A wicked messenger falls into mischief. But a faithful ambassador is what? Health. Are you needing health? You needing healing in your body? Start out by being a faithful ambassador. Faithful brings healing, brings health. Some of you in here, you've been believing God for healing for 25 years. And God's been saying, faithfulness. I remember one time Keith was, he tells the story. He tells stories way better than I do. But um, anyway, I tell the punchline first. So (laughs) anyway, anyway, he said, he tells it himself. You probably all heard him say it. He was praying about something for years that was going on in our life. He doesn't tell what it is, but it was finances. We were broke. Okay. And um, I'll tell you finances and he's praying and he's praying i mean we're so broke we don't have five dollars to buy a tank of gas to go across town to you know see a dollar picture show you know if you go you can't buy the popcorn because you don't have but a dollar you know to get in you know there are there's dollar shows now i was so glad when those came out because you know we got to go every once in a while you know my favorite kind of movies though in case you're wondering or you can ask kate she she buys them for me half the time uh parent trap and shrek and um uh, what are some, what, yeah, uh, Eloise and um, Lilo and Stitch and, you know, those are, my, you know, I don't watch anything else. And I make the adults watch it with me too. So <laughs> when they come over to my house, I'll put in a video. You can ask my mother and daddy. Um, you can ask Dino and Cheryl. They sat there and watched Eloise with me till 2 o'clock in the morning one morning, you know. <laughs> so um, I don't like that shoot em up stuff, people dying. There's enough bad stuff going on in the world. Why do I want to sit there and watch bad stuff? I deal with enough bad stuff. I like good stuff. So anyway, um, anyway, he told him, he kept telling him the answer to his question, but it was so totally different 
from what he was praying about. He was praying about finances and God was giving him this. And I won't tell you what it was for an answer. He was saying this, this, take care of this. Well, I think it's the same way with some people about their healing in their bodies. They've been believing God for healing and God's been saying, do this, do this, do this, do this. And as soon as they do it, then they're not, the healing won't even be an issue to them anymore. They'll forget about it. They'll look back and think, when did I get healed? And it'll all be gone. Because a faithful ambassador has help. Faithful. So the next one, you're going to like this one. Uh, Luke 12, 42. And everybody turn there to this one for me. So we can read it all together. Luke 12, 42. In being a woman, now all you women, listen up. You're really going to like this. And the men can jab you in the side if they want to. Um, In being a woman, have you ever found it hard to submit? Be honest. Absolutely. Sure. No question about it. You feel like you can rule and reign just as well as he can rule and reign, right? What are you all laughing at? I'm not making this up. Any woman in here don't feel like he can, she can run her house as well as he can? I mean, most, most women do. Why is that? Because God didn't create male and female. He created us all equal. And when we get to heaven, we may find out why. And you'll find out why in a few minutes on some things too. Look at this with me. Verse 42. Y'all didn't like that. But wait and see. Verse 42, and the Lord said, who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his Lord shall make him ruler over his household to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he comes, find he shall find him so doing. Of a truth, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all that he has. Have you ever been around people that, um, there's nobody here like that. None of our people have been this way, but uh, I'm sure you have been around some of those people. That when the boss is coming, they're working, and otherwise they're talking to their husband, or they're doing these things, or they're doing those things, you know, and they're not being faithful on their job. They, won't, they, won't, they wonder why they are not getting the promotion, you know. These are reasons why. How will he make him ruler over his house? It even says so here that when his Lord comes, he find him doing what he's supposed to be doing. Okay? Remember the story of Joseph? Was he faithful? Even when his brothers made fun of him, he was faithful. He was faithful in the jail. He was faithful in everything that he did. And not only did he get to be ruler over everything, he got to save his whole family from dying. When you get to be ruler over everything, you get to eat of the good stuff that's with it. I'm getting ahead of myself on But anyway, you remember the story of Joseph, how faithful he was, how it looked like things in his life would never be right again after he got dropped into the pit. And he, he was, sometimes I want to tell people stuff and Keith will say, Phyllis, remember Joseph, just because you know something don't mean people are going to like it. You remember how his brothers took his good report? Wasn't a good thing. They didn't like it. 
But it turned out good in the end. Because he was faithful. Anything that he did, he did it with all of his mind and with all of his heart and all of his soul. And that's the way the people here are. I mean, I look up sometimes and uh, I'll come by, you know, and uh, it's, I forget what night of the week it is. And there's cars everywhere, people doing stuff. I know, you know, Tom and Amy, Tom works a job to, to pay him. Then he works 40, 50, 60 hours a week to help us with the kids stuff. Him and Amy. Nobody knows that. God knows that. Faithful. Faithful. So look at this next one. This is the fun one. Everybody's going to like it. Matthew 25. Am I going too fast for y'all? Y'all want me to get finished with this. I'm only on page three and we got nine of them. So. Matthew 25. Everybody knows this story, but I want you to put your eyes upon it on your Bible. We've got everybody a Bible, right? So everybody's got a Bible. They can see this. Matthew 25. Look at your Bible or look at the board or look at something. Not your neighbor. Don't cheat. No, I'm just kidding. For it's like a man who is about to take a long journey. And he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. This is the Amplified. I'm sorry, guys. Stick up the Amplified on the board so they can see it with it. They may want to read off the board. What verse? Yeah, thanks, Devin. Y'all should holler that out at me. 2514, Amplified. I'm in a hurry. Can you tell? I don't talk fast either. What if I talk slow and I had nine pages? 2514. For it's like a man who was about to take a long journey, and he called his servants together and entrusted them with his property. To one he gave five talents. What does the board say? Probably about $5,000. Okay? To another one, two. To another one, one. To each, what's that next part say? In proportion to his own personal ability. So he must have thought the one with five talents had more ability than the one with two talents had more ability than the one with one talent. Okay? God said this. Okay? Then he departed, Jesus said it. He departed and left the country, and he who had received the five talents went at once, immediately, took care of it, went at once and traded them, and he gained five more talents. And likewise, he who had received two talents, he also gained two talents more. But he that had received one talent went and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. Dumb, dumb, dumb. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled the accounts with them. And he who had received five talents came and brought him five more, saying, Master, you entrusted me with five talents, and see here, I have gained five more talents. So that answers your question, why he gave him five to begin with, right? Okay, he got him five more talents. 
Master, you have entrusted me with five and I've gained five. And his master said to him, now listen to this, listen to this. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I know it's been in there forever and I had never seen it. Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness. What does that last part say? Did you get that? Did you get that? That master is very, very rich. Did you get that? Because he had been faithful, he was able to change from being just a faithful steward to where he was able to enjoy everything that his master enjoyed. Y'all aren't getting it. Some of you's getting it. Anything that if you're here with us, Okay? And you have been faithful to us. Anything that we have, you can have. If I got a new boat, you can get a new boat. If I drive a Jag, you can drive a Jag. If I have hundreds of thousands of dollars in my savings account, you can have hundreds of thousands of dollars in your savings account. Huh? I didn't write this because he was faithful. Now, listen, you think, well, that's just the one with five talents. How did he get to be there? Well, it's apparent. He was faithful in other things. That's why he got to this point. But listen to the one with the two talents. He also had a servant that had two talents. He came forward saying, Master, you entrusted me with two talents. Here I have gained two more talents. Now, did the master change one word from what he said on the five talents to the two talents? Listen to it. Well done, you upright, honorable, admirable, and faithful servant. You have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. Vacuuming the floors, working in the parking lot, greeting, working in the bookstore, cleaning up after the kids, changing dirty diapers. Hey, that's little, right? You've been faithful in little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter in and share the joy, the delight, the blessedness. Which what? Your master enjoys. Your master enjoys. You get to enjoy anything that God has blessed us with because you have been faithful to us. I think that's just great. I think that's just great. I'm going to go ahead of myself here a little bit and show you something. Let's see where it it went to. Um, um, Yeah. In Luke 19, verse 16, don't turn there. Just look up at the board for just a minute. I just want you to see what it said. Then came the first saying, Lord, thy pound has gained ten pounds. Same story. And he said to him, Well, thou thou good and faithful servant, well done, thou good and faithful servant, because thou hast been faithful in little, have authority over ten cities. Because you've been faithful in a little, 
have authority over ten cities. That's what I was talking about. There's no difference between women and men. You will have, as women, if you're faithful to be submissive to your husband, to serve an area, you can't just ride on his coattail. You will have authority over ten cities because you have been faithful. Just because Dave's faithful doesn't mean Kim's going to get the reward. Just because Mo's faithful doesn't mean Sharon's going to get the reward. Just because Dr. Fry's faithful doesn't mean Miss Jean's going to get the reward. Got quiet in here. Every person on their own has to serve. Let's keep reading. I like that part because you know why? I think about, I got, that's one of the things I got excited about yesterday. I wanted to run around in the house a little bit. I got to thinking about all the things Brother Hayden had. Think about it. I mean, God blessed the man. I took his wife shopping. I know he blessed him. He told me one day, he said, whatever she wants. Whatever. He said, let's get it far. He said, if she tells you something she wants and she don't have the money on it, come back and tell me. He said, there was many a years I couldn't buy her nothing. Whatever she wants. That's what's going to happen to me. Keith's going to say, whatever she wants. It's already that way. But whatever she wants, let her have it. Because I served with faithfulness. So whatever my master had, I can have. Because God's no respecter of persons. Whatever I have, my staff can have. If I've got a good house, y'all can have a good house. Yes, if I've got a good house, you can have a good house. And y'all can have a good house. And you can have a good house. Every person in here, if I've got a house that you would like to have, guess what? You can have one. And i got a nice house. Don't kid yourself. i got a nice house. And I ain't ashamed of it either. It's nice. God gave it to me. I I probably didn't pay a whole lot more for it than you did for yours. Because God blessed me so much. He gave it to me. Someday I'll tell you the story. I called the, the guy called me. said, you like my house? I said, yeah. What's not to like? He said, this is the price. I said, don't want to spend that trying to start a church. He said, well, do you like the house? I said, what's not to like? He came down $200,000. I said, still too much. More than I want to spend right now. Got a call a few months later. Same thing happened again. He said, you like the house? This is such a small town. He knew I hadn't got a house yet. He said, you like the house? I said, yeah, I like the house. What's not to like? Granite countertops everywhere, wood floors, wood ceilings, uh, limestone. I mean, vaulted ceilings to the, from here almost to there. And uh, windows that overlook the lake. Nobody around it. What's not to like? He says, um, what, if, what about for this price? Another 200 down. 200,000 down, I said. I said, no, don't want to spend that on that right now. Thank you very much. Stayed in my little rental house. 
I didn't call him. Didn't tell him his house wasn't worth it. Because it was. It was worth every penny he was asking for it and then some. He calls me back a few months later. I know you hadn't bought a, ha- bought a house yet. I checked on it. <laughs> you still like my house? What's not to like? <laughs> well, would you buy it for this? Came down again. I said, no. He said, then what will you buy it for? I said, this. He said, okay. He said, okay. Now, that's God. That's favor. I didn't tell them I was too poor to get it. I didn't tell them I couldn't afford it. Didn't try to make a sob story for myself as to why that they had to come down so low. Just didn't want to spend the money on that right now. I was trying to start a church. And guess what? Why am I telling you that? How many people are believing for houses? Are you getting a hold to this? If you're faithful and your master has it, you may not like to call me master, but if you're here in this church and and you're working anywhere and you've ever done anything for me, you found out real quickly I was your master. And I know, know, know that you are faithful because I like it done a certain way. And um, that's the way it'll be done unless God tells me differently. So I know you've been faithful that you didn't stomp your foot and walk out. I'm serious. I'm not joking about it. That you didn't get mad and wear your feelings on your sleeve and say, well, who does she think she is? There went your house. If I read it again, read it again. Hey, it says, you have been faithful and trustworthy over a little. I will put you in charge of much. Enter into and share in the joy and the delight and the blessedness. I have joy. Can y'all tell I have joy? Yeah, yeah, I have joy. Delight. Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Yeah, yeah. And the blessedness. What just happened? That was blessing. For that house that your master enjoys. You may not have the extra money that you want to pay that price that they're asking for that house. But because you're faithful. Say, I'm faithful. I'm faithful. You can claim this verse. Every person in here that's faithful should have it up on their walls and on their ceilings. Because my master has it, I can have it. I can have it. I ain't going to tell you how many square feet my house is. It ain't none of your business, but it's big. It's big and it's nice. And I have to sometimes have four people to come over there and clean it for me. I didn't always have four people to come clean it for me. But guess what? You can have four people to come clean for you too. Because you've been faithful. I'm not bragging this morning. I'm wanting you to see that whatever I have, you can have because you've been faithful. Don't settle for something else. Don't let the devil convince you of something else. If you're lacking in some of these areas, stir yourself up. If she's got a nice house, I've been faithful to them. I didn't want to go in that morning. I was sick. I didn't want to teach those kids that day. I had a headache. She rubbed me the wrong way. 
She said something I didn't like. I've been known to do that. And I may not have any um, natural kids of my own. Like I may not have given birth to kids. But I've got some sitting right there. They will tell you they are my kids. I have raised them from rebellion to victory. I love picking on them. They've been with us forever. And uh, just the other night, one of them, I won't tell you which one, then you'll have to figure it out. One of them was talking about when she first started coming to work for me, she used to, she wouldn't think I'd notice. And she'd stomp her foot and roll her eyes and go like this and go, hey, God is blessing them. I'm telling you what, they are all, they all had houses in Tulsa and every one of them are just about to step into houses of their very own. I'm not talking about little houses. They ain't believing for a 500 square foot house, honey. They're believing for a house. And they have rights to claim it. Because they quit that stomping their foot and rolling their eye. And they've been faithful. I could call most any any one of them, any my 98% of you here in this church, I could call you any time of the day or night and say, I need you to do this. Faithful! You'd say, okay, how quick? That's faithfulness. We don't have to wonder when Dave or I call somebody and say, can you go to the hospital and do this? Lesson Angie, the other day, he called them, gave them 30 minutes, I mean, to get to the hospital and be there in 30 minutes from their house, whether they were dressed or not, and... Les was there. No warning. We don't have a warning when somebody has an accident. We don't have a warning when somebody dies. Why didn't you let us know? We'd have been ready for it. We'd have been, well, yeah. (laughs) Faithfulness. Faithfulness. Claim. Whatever I have, you can have. And I ain't got that much yet, so just keep hanging on. So be faithful because we're going to have some good stuff. Good stuff. Y'all are in too big a hurry. I'm just on page three. Y'all can keep your seats for a while. I'll let you know. If you have to go, I will not be offended. I, I, I'll just smile and say, be blessed. Have a nice day. I won't be offended. Because um, this, this really does, you know, I don't like the tapes to go out. And the people are hearing what I'm saying on the tape, so they'll hear it anyway. But anyway, when, when I did that, how to reach your physical goals, I didn't want it to go out. This was for you guys, you know. This was, you know, and this is for you guys in here. I don't care if it ever goes out to anybody else, uh, you know. But it's for you because my heart cried out, God, we couldn't have done this church without these people. We couldn't have done where we are today. Look at this place. I mean, two, two and a half years. We can't do it all. I can't be in 12 places at one time. But i got some faithful people that can. We got ready to have that uh, anniversary day last year. I didn't have to think about it twice. I turned it over to Vernon and Susan and said, y'all get ready for that. They got ready for it. I didn't think about it again. You all went in there and saw the tent, how organized everything was, how great everything was. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. So let, let's go on. Okay. Um, verse 24. Uh, 23. His master said to him, well done, you upright and honorable, admirable, faithful servant. You've been faithful and trustworthy in a little. Uh, that's, that was the one we just read. Verse 24. And he who had received one talent. We don't have any one talent people in here, right? Say, no one talent people. He who had received one talent also came forward saying, Master, I knew you to be a harsh and hard man. 
reaping where you didn't sow and gathering where you'd not winnowed or whatever that word is, the grain. In other words, gotten in the grain. He knew he was hard, so he was afraid. So he went and hid the talent in the ground. Here, now you have back what's your own. But his master answered him. He didn't say, bless your little heart. You've never been taught. He didn't say, bless your little heart. You were afraid. He said, you wicked and lazy and idle servant. Did you indeed know that I reap where I've not sown and I've gathered where I've not planted? He knew that about him. He said it out of his own mouth. He knew it about him. And yet and still he didn't do anything about it. We have none of those people here. He said, you should have invested my money with the bankers and at least at my coming I would have received what was mine with some interest on it. You could have done something with it instead of burying it in a hole. So take the talent away from him and give it to the one who has ten. You got it. People wonder why some people have more than what they have. Some people wonder why God would let me have a house for half price of what I had. And why not them? Why I have some of the things that I have. Why they have some of the things they have. Why they have some of the things they have. Faithfulness. Because if you're not faithful with the little, you're not going to be faithful with the much. And God will allow what you have to be taken away from you and given to the one that's already got so much. He's liable to give it to me. We don't have any people like that. But if you know some people like that, you might encourage them not to be that way. So what you have. If you get charged... With vacuum in the floor, Kim can tell you, I know I've, I've irritated her probably. Kim, who vacuumed the floor this morning? It's not right. I mean, I, I think that the things of God to, should be do, done to the very best of their ability. I give my best. I mean, I spent over a month or so getting ready for this, plus all day yesterday. I give my best. To anything that pertains to the things of God. And I have lots of decisions to make. They're waiting on me right now for our baptistry to be ready to pick the carpet for it. I know everything that's going on in this church. I know almost every child's name. I know if they're a problem in the class. I know how to fix the problem because I pray about it. Not because I'm smart. But because I apply myself to do it and I don't push it aside for somebody else to do it. Nancy, bless her heart, she gets probably, no telling how many calls a day. The hardest part of her job is writing down every phone call she has to tell me everything that went on that day. And I read every one of them every day. Because I believe that whatever God gives you to do, You do it with every fiber of your being, every ounce of what you have, because if you're faithful, you'll get promoted 
and he'll give you more. You're going to see some of this even more in just a minute. This man did not discern the value of the talent that he had. People, not in here. We have, we have not had one iota of this, but we have been around churches where people have, unless they can be on the platform, they are out the door. We don't have that here. Because people serve wherever they're asked. I don't get people saying, well, I signed up for this, but you got me doing this. It was the funniest thing when we had our team meetings. It was so wonderful. Every person that signed up for this team got on this team, and every person that signed up for this team got on. No, I didn't do it on purpose. I spent time praying about it, weeks and weeks and weeks, praying about who was going to be doing what. And they wound up on the team that they were required to be on by the Lord. Because I know that if they'll apply themselves there, God will reward them for their faithfulness. And it may seem small at the time, but I know the direction that they're going to need to go. Faithfulness. Don't be dumb with your first talent. We don't have any dumb people in here. So um, he took it away and he gave it to him that had ten. Um, let's see. Let's go on. And um, y'all didn't like that too much, but anyway, it's the truth. Um, The next part was where he made him ruler over ten cities. He's not just talking about money here. He made him ruler over ten cities. Now number six. This is page four. Number six. Proverbs 28.20. Get it on the board. Proverbs 28.20. There you go. A faithful man shall what? With what? blessings this is just some general things the thing that i was just talking to you about i didn't give you the heading for it but my heading for that was respect and honor for number five people will respect and honor you you will be ruler over ten cities you will have the grace to stand in those positions there's not one person in here that doesn't desire to be respected and honored that's how you get it By being faithful in the little. Okay, Proverbs 28, 20. A faithful man shall abound in blessings. Luke 16, 10. This is the Amplified. He who is faithful in in a very little thing is faithful also in much. He who is dishonest and unjust in a very little thing is dishonest and unjust also in much. So whatever way you are, you are. Therefore, if you have not been faithful in the case of unrighteous mammon, deceitful riches, money, possessions, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not proved faithful in that which belongs to another man, whether God or man... You hear that? Whether God or man being faithful to them, who will give you that which is your own? Do you get that? We were talking about you having what we have. Who's going to give it to you if you've not been faithful? Shout and dance. You have been faithful. That means you get your own. Your own whatever it is. Your own housekeeper. Hey, don't think about it. I'll never be there. Hey, say, I'm going to get my own housekeeper. 
You're going to be so wealthy, you may need three. God will meet you where you are. You may not be there tomorrow, but you'll start coming up. Coming up. We didn't get this house just yesterday. We started on it. This apartment, this apartment, this little rental house, this house. And kept coming up and up and up. So uh, if you are faithful in that which belongs to another man or another, whether it be God or man. So that doesn't mean you're just faithful to God. What does it say? God or man. He will give you that which is your own. We'll word it just a little different. Because I know he will. Because that's what it's talking about. That is the true riches. Numbers 1830. This is the King James. Therefore thou shalt say unto them, When you have heaved the best thereof, When you have heaved the what? Then it shall be counted unto the Levites as what? Who are the Levites? Helpers in the church. Put it down in real natural terms. Who are the Levites? The Levites were the helpers. The Levites were anyone that helped to do anything. So this is talking about every faithful person in this church that is a helper. When you have heaved the best thereof, it'll go to the Levites as increase, the helpers as increase of the threshing floor to, and the wine, to increase the wine press. And you shall eat in every place of your households. Now, what's the next part? For it is your reward for your service in the tabernacle. You get to eat the very best of the land. If there's the nicest restaurant in town, you get to eat there because you're a helper. Because you served in Faith Life Church. That's what the tabernacle is. You served there. You've been eating McDonald's every day? Here's how to fix it. Here's how to fix it. You want to eat the best? These people, the Levites, served men... By doing so, they served God. All the Levites served those men that were over them and helped them. And by doing so, they served God. Turn to Colossians 3. Don't quit on me yet or it's going to take us longer. I'll have to go over it two or three times. Keith taught me to be long-winded. The anointing came on me. I don't know about y'all, but this is interesting to me. I mean, what better are you going to do this afternoon than find out about your blessings? What, what better have you got to do this afternoon? If you want to eat, find out how to eat at the best restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is good stuff. I mean, it's, it's answers to people's questions about their blessings. So, servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh. Not with eye services, men pleasers, but singleness of heart, fearing God. Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that of who? Keith and Phyllis Moore, you shall receive your reward of inheritance for the service to the Lord. You're going to receive it from the Lord. 
And it goes on to say, if you've done wrong, you'll receive that too. But nobody in here does wrong. So we're going to receive the blessings of the Lord. If you do everything that you do here, whether you're seen or not seen, doesn't matter if I'm keeping score. Somebody more important is keeping score. And he says you'll receive your reward from him. From him. Okay, what does the Lord say about faithfulness rewards? And I'll just read these to you. Listen real intently. Matthew 5, 12 says, Rejoice and be glad, for, your, for great is your reward in heaven if you've been persecuted for serving God. Anybody ever been persecuted for serving God? Anybody? Great is your reward in heaven. Okay, uh, Matthew 10, 41. I'm going to make you turn to some more in just a minute. He that receives a prophet in the name of a prophet receives what? Prophet's reward. Okay, he that receives a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And he that gives a cup of water to a disciple, in other words, receives a disciple in the name of the Lord, gets a disciple's reward. It says he will no way lose his reward. Jesus says that he is coming soon. How many believe that? I believe it's sooner than it's ever been. I believe that we are on the brink of it. Uh, You know, there's just no question in my mind about it, you know. And um, I think it's real important that you have something to show for it. You're going to find out why in just a second. So don't turn loose. Again, if you have to go, go. You'll miss out on a blessing, but go. There's something more important in your life. Um. Than me. Um, no. Than God. That's the way people take it, though. It's just me. You know. Uh, Jesus is coming very soon. And he says he's bringing his reward with him. Listen to these scriptures. Turn to it. Matthew sixteen twenty seven. Y'all ought to be getting excited. Matthew 16, 27. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of his Father with his angels. Then he shall reward every man according to his works. Again, not because Mo works, Sharon's going to get a reward. Not because Vernon works, Susan's going to get a reward. According to his works. Listen to uh, Revelation 22:12, and I'm going to read it out of the King James, the Amplified, and the New English Version. King James first. And behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Now listen to the Amplified. Behold, I'm coming soon, and I shall bring my wages. He's going to pay you. You may not think you're getting paid now. His wages and his reward. To repay and render to each one just is just what his actions and his works merit. Y'all got some good works. Y'all should be getting some rewards. Now, this is from the English version. Listen, Jesus says, I am coming soon. And I will bring my rewards with me to give each one according to what he has done. Does it matter what you're doing? Is Jesus coming soon? This next part to me is um, the part that most people don't understand. 
this is some of the things that you're going to get when you get to heaven. Now, we've heard about some of the things. I read some of the things that you're going to get here on the earth. Healing and prosperity and every blessing that I have, you can have. Are you interested in what you might get when you get to heaven? All right, let's find out. Or we can quit. And I may not get to preach again until the first of the year. Y'all want to hear them? We're not going to vote on it. You're going to hear them. It says, um, let's see. It looks like I'm missing a page here. I hope I can figure out where I am. I'm sure it's... um, Revelations. Just turn with me to Revelations. Let's just do it that way. How about that? And we'll just read on and on. You might want to go home and read this once you see it. Get your highlighters out if you have one. I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Revelation 2, verse 2. He's talking to the church at Ephesus. Now this chapter, if you've not read it recently, this chapter is the Lord talking to different assemblies of congregations and different churches. Okay? It would be like him saying, okay, to the church at Branson, Faith Life Church, this is what he says. I know your industry and your activities, your laborious toil and trouble, your patient endurance, and how you cannot tolerate wicked men. Is that somebody, people in here? He knows us. Then verse 3. I know you are enduring patiently and are bearing up for my name's sake. And you've not fainted or come exhausted or grown weary. But you have this one thing. We don't, we're not going to say, he's not going to be able to say this to us, right? We're not going to have this one thing. To charge, charge to make against you. That you left or abandoned the love that you had at first. That you've deserted me your first love. Remember then from what heights you have fallen and repent. Change the inner man and meet God's will and do the works you previously did when you first knew the Lord. Or else... I will visit you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you change your mind and repent. What he's trying to get them to do is to see that they have got to do something. They've got to do something. Elsewise, it's like the talent. He's going to remove their lampstand. They're not going to have anything to show for it. Okay, let's turn to um, verse 7. And to him that overcomes or is victorious, or is faithful, I will grant him to eat of the tree of life. So that's one thing you get when you get to heaven. Would you like to taste that? In that book out there by Rebecca Springer about heaven, it tells about, I don't eat a lot of ice cream right now. Um, I know Mo does, but I don't. Because I have to run twice as far when I do. So um, I can eat it, but I just have to stay on my treadmill for 10 miles instead of 5. So, um, but in her book, she tells about the trees there and how she would pick a fruit off the tree. And, um, when she tasted it, it tasted like ice cream. And she felt bad because she had on this beautiful robe and it went all down her robe. And, um, I think it was her brother-in-law. I hadn't read it in years, but, um, said something like, oh, don't worry about it. And about the time he said that, it all just disappeared from her hands. Her robe just disintegrated and she was all beautiful again. That's wonderful, isn't it? Never have to wash an iron again. 
Okay, and to the church at Smyrna, he says, I know your afflictions and your distress and your pressing trouble and your poverty. What does it say after that? He knows your poverty, but you are rich. I like that part. Verse 10, the very last part of it. I'm going to cut some of it out so y'all don't have to stay here till 4. Be loyal, faithful unto death. Even if you must die for it, and I will give you what? Crown of life. I wish we knew all what the crown of life entailed. I know it entails a lot more than what we all know. Even if you study about it. But, you know, you see these little tiaras and stuff. I bet it's not going to be like that. So um, I'm anxious to see what it's going to look like. There was one thing I was talking to Keith about last night. Y'all will get a kick out of it. And um, he says, verse 11, He who overcomes and is victorious shall in no way be injured by the second death. That's a good thing. Um, let's see. I think I skipped this one. No, I didn't. Okay. Uh, 19. If you'll notice in this chapter, over and over and over and over and over again, it says, I know your record and what you're doing. Is he keeping record? Must be. What do you got going on your record? Slept in. Decided not to go clean today. No, we don't have any people like that. Everybody does what they're supposed to do here. That's why God told me to teach on this because it's so wonderful. That you're, I know your record and what you're doing. Your love, your faith, your service, your patient endurance. And that your recent works are more numerous and greater than your first ones. So he's not talking to us like he was to the church. Where was it? At Smyrna? No, that was the church at uh, Ephesus. Ephesus. So um, then verse chapter 2, verse 25. Y'all don't get bored with me real quickly. He talked to the Thyatira ones. Um, before he did that, and he said in verse 19, I know your record and what you're doing, your love, your faith, your patient endurance. But this was the part I wanted to get real quickly here. It says, but I have this one thing against you. Verse 20. He's talking to a church. Remember that, right? He says, this one thing I have against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophetess claiming to be inspired. You ever wondered why Keith and I didn't tolerate so much in here? Who's going to stand before the Lord? And if we tolerate someone calling themselves a prophetess or a prophet or a uh, this or a that or a, you know, whatever it is, and we tolerate it and we let it go, who's going to answer for it? We're going to answer for it. Because he's telling them specifically, you tolerated that woman Jezebel. You put up with her. I'm not going to do that. And her sexual vices and her eating sacrifices and those kind of things. Let's see. Uh, verse 23. And all the churches shall recognize and understand that I am he who searches minds and thoughts, feelings and purposes, and the inmost hearts. And I will give to you, each of you, the reward for what he has done as your work deserves. Some of you has got some good reward coming. Now, verse 26, you're going to like it, you're going to like it, you get ready to shout. He that overcomes and is victorious or faithful, he who obeys my commands to the very end, doing the works that please me, I will give him authority and power over the nations. Now, listen to this next verse. That's wonderful, but listen to this. 
and you shall rule over them with a rod of iron. As when an earthen vessel pots are broken into pieces, listen to this, his power over them shall be like that which I received, I myself received from my father. You're going to rule over a city with the same power that Jesus has. We better be racking up our records when we get to heaven. By grace are you saved through faith. Not of works lest any man should boast. But once you get saved, you've got to start racking up an account. Philippians says we have an account in heaven. We should be racking up stuff towards that account. So that when you walk in there, it goes on and talks about, um, I'm not going to read all these. You see how much I've got marked here. But um, it talks about in uh, chapter 3, the church of Sardis. He knows their record, what they're supposed to be doing. They say they're alive, but they're actually dead. Wake up. Do what you're supposed to do, he says. Because uh, I'm going to come like a thief in the night. He says you're going to be dressed in white. The church at Philadelphia. He says, like the church of Branson. I know your record, your works, what you're doing. I'll open a door for you that no man can shut. That's good stuff. Listen to the next verse. Listen to the next verse. Take note. I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they're Jews but are not, that lie. Behold, I will make them come and bow down before your feet and learn according to the knowledge that I have loved you. All these naysayers of you and your religion. He's going to make those people come and bow down before you. All family members that say you're, you've gone off with a cult. He's going to make them come back. They're liars and bow down. Um, let's see. Because you've guarded my word, this next part, you need to have it circled and stand on it during these next few months. Okay? Uh, verse 10. Because you've guarded and kept my word of patient endurance. And have held fast to the lesson of my patience with expectant endurance that I give you. I will also keep you safe from the hour of trial and testing which is coming on the whole world. What about the terrorist? What about the terrorist? What about the terrorist? Are we safe? Are we safe? Here's your verse. You've been faithful. Here's your verse. He will keep you safe from all those things. Guys, y'all can go ahead and go. We're getting close. Verse 15, though, says, He knows their record again. The church at Laodicea. This is not the church at Branson. Say, this is not the church at Branson. I know the record of your works and what you're doing. You're neither cold or hot. Would you that you were cold or hot? So because you're lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will spit you out of my mouth. We're going to be hot, right? We're going to be on fire for the things of the Lord. Verse 21 says, He that overcomes and is victorious will get to sit beside him at his throne as he sits beside his father. Good things. Good, 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 good things. Now there's just a couple of more things. What time is it? Oh, it's just 1225. Y'all are rushing me for no reason. Y'all are rushing me. Um, let's see. Let me turn past all these pages, or we could go over them again. Um, um, let's see. Um, this last one. 
it's in, um, I think it's in um, Revelation. Chapter 3. Let's turn back there. Or there, if you haven't, if you've lost it like me. I'll just read it off of here. Revelation chapter 3. It says, and to the angel or the messenger of the assembly of the church of Sardis. So he's writing to another church. These are the words of him who has the seven spirits of God, the sevenfold Holy Spirit, and the seven stars. I know your record and what you're doing. You are supposed to be alive, but you are dead. Rouse yourself and keep awake and strengthen and invigorate what remains to the point of dying. For I have not found a thing that you have done, any of your works, any works of yours that meet the requirements of my God or that are perfect in his sight. That's none of us. Say, that's none of us. None of us. So he says in verse 3, So call to mind the lessons that you received, like this morning. He's talking to a church, guys. So call to mind the lessons that you received and heard. Continually lay them in your heart and obey them and repent. In case you will not arouse yourselves and keep awake and watch, I will come like a thief and you will not know. Or suspect at the hour in which I come. In other words, don't wait around. He could come tomorrow. And if you're planning on tomorrow getting started on your list to get it done, do all these things for God, you may be late. Proverbs 24.20 says, For there shall be no reward to the evil man. The candle of the wicked shall be put out. And then Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 in the Living Bible. Do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away, no matter what happens. In other words, don't hear this today and get all excited about it and forget it and think it doesn't matter what you're doing and that there's no score being kept because there is a score being kept. Do not let this happy trust in the Lord die away, no matter what happens. Remember your reward. You need to keep on patiently doing God's will if you want him to do for you all that he has promised. Verse 37, his coming will not be delayed much longer. Do you believe that? I believe it with all my heart. I believe that I wish I would have been taught this from the time I was three years old, that I would have a greater reward when I got to heaven. I mean, I got stirred up about it. I don't know about you. I feel like I work for the Lord a lot. But I got stirred up. We've got to get this TV stuff going. We've got to get it going. We can affect people all over the world. You have got to be a witness. You cannot as much as I would like for it to be. You know, you can't get to heaven and say, well, my pastor and them did this. What did you do, though? You've got to do for yourself. 
Now, I know we had, you saw, I'd say three-fourths of the crowd serve in some area. You need to put this up on your mirrors. You need to put these things to where you can remind yourself if something attacks you physically or financially or you need an answer to something. Put these up so that you can remember them. You can stand on the fact that you are faithful to receive these things. Your houses, your lands, your cars, whatever you're believing for. You stand on it and you believe God for it because you have been faithful. Now, we don't get into the other side to the people that haven't been faithful. I think you can see from this morning there are rewards for faithfulness. And I think you know that if you get to heaven, it's not going to be, it will not be that you're answering to me and saying, well, I didn't really like that area that they wanted to put me in. We don't have that. I'm serious. You think I'm joking or I'm just being nice, but we don't have it. Because when you get to heaven, he didn't give them a chance to answer questions, did he? He said, I know your works, what you've been doing, how you've been standing, how you've been believing. I know your faith. But this one thing I have against you, you tolerated Jezebel. We're not going to have those things. Let him know your works for you. When your face comes before the Lord and you stand there, it talks about in um, Revelations 4, I think, or maybe further back than that. It talks about that there are those set in the judgment seat. They're sitting there to judge others. So we're going to be judged when we get to heaven. You can pretend like you're not, and you can go on through life thinking, you know, well, it doesn't matter what I do down here on this earth, but i got news for you. This is a very short time. And eternity is forever. You remember when you went to school and you look back now on it and you think, if I would have just applied myself just a little bit more, I could have been valedictorian. I could have got straight A's. I could have done this. But it's too late. But you know what? When you get to heaven, it's going to be way more important than you making A's in high school. It's going to count for something way more valuable than that. So get, if you hadn't, like the, like the word said, rouse yourself, stir yourself up, find some place. I don't care if it's picking up rocks in the parking lot. Do something for God. Do something for Him. You, you work 40 hours a week for your boss. What's that going to show when you get to heaven? Not a thing. It's going to be burned up with the fire. Every nice house that I have, every nice car that I have, every nice piece of jewelry that I have, all the wonderful things that I enjoy here on this earth are going to be burned up. They're not going to stand the test of the fire. They're going to perish. They're going to go away. They're going to just disappear and disintegrate. But every soul that you touch or I touch or every person that you minister to and you say, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. Life can turn around. Things can be good for you again. Even though they were bad, they can be good. Just that is going on your record. Oh, it goes on to talk about, I didn't get into it, but you might want to read it sometime, about the cowards and the liars and the things like that. Oh, liars. I never realized God was so against lying. Read Revelation. Oh, it's terrible. Terrible. But the good things he's going to know. You'll know the bad too, but we're not talking about them this morning. We're talking about the good. Get your record. Do something for God. You're not doing it for me. That's what people don't understand. We say, serve, serve, serve. 
it's not going to be a reward for me when you get to heaven. It's not going to my account. It's going to your account. Every one a person in here, it's going to their account. And so make sure that you've applied yourself to something that you can do for God. Stand up. Say, shut up. No, don't say that. Don't say that. I think, you know, you just have to trust God. And I, and I believe, God, that the spirit of what I was trying to get across to you today got across. Your faithfulness, I cannot tell you what that means to us. Again, we couldn't do one thing in this church. I would be in a mess if uh, all the ushers didn't show up in here this morning. You know, it would just be terrible. So um, um, I want us to um, um, take just a minute and um, thank the Lord because of our faithfulness and claim the rewards that we have and tell him that we haven't been clear about it, but we're clear now and we're going to claim them. Do you want to do that just a minute? All right. Father God, we just lift up ourselves to you this morning, Lord. And I just thank you for each and every person that's done one job around this church, Lord. I know you keep good records and you don't forget it. I may not know about it personally, but you know about it. And that's more important, Lord. I just ask you to put it to their account and have it for them there and have the answers for them here about the things that we talked about. The houses, the lands, the anointing, the health, the children, whatever they're believing for, Lord. I just ask you to let it fall upon them now because of their faithfulness. And I just ask you that your hand be upon them stronger than it's been upon them before. And any anointings, Father, that flow through this place, that it comes upon them to give them the answers that they need. And the solutions to the problems that they have, Father. I thank you for doing that now. To all that are faithful. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.